You're listening to Welcome to Eloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. I'm your host, Kylie Peters. This is a space where we talk about public relations and public perception. So spending the last 15 years of my career in the marketing and branding world, I thought I understood what PR was. (laughs) I was very wrong. (laughs) I have humbly come to realize that PR is so much more than I could ever even try to verbalize. I don't even know how I could have verbalized it before, but I've realized that whatever I thought I thought I knew, I was very wrong. And I'm very excited about today's guest, Tamara Edwards. I've recently partnered um, with her. She's the founder of Tamara Edwards & Co. And I've partnered with them to help me with my personal branding and PR for all of my professional entities. And I'm really excited to dive into this conversation because I think PR is something, again, as I'm learning more and more about it, I, I think that it can be such a powerful tool, especially for small business, business in general, but especially for small business. So Tamara has, uh, she's a badass. She's built her career working on the Hill in DC. She's been building magazines, speaking at TEDx, crushing lists of people to watch. Without further ado, welcome to Iloma, Tamara. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so pumped that you're here. Um, And I know you and I could just like spend hours in chatting about pretty much anything, but I'm going to try to stay on topic today. Um, so let's go ahead and dive in. When we talk about public relations for small businesses, tell me a little bit about what small business owners need to know when it comes to PR and how public perception impacts their business. Yeah, PR is, like you said in your intro, is a bit convoluted. You can go to many different people, get many different de- definitions, and then, um, and then, not even going into the tactics, but I, I define it uh, consistent with PR USA's definition, which is getting, um, you know, getting in front of your audience, getting in front of the public. And what that means when we get into branding terms is your audience, right? What do they care about? Those are a lot of the questions we ask on the front end, but very simply put PR is, is your connection to your audience in some degree, right? Obviously there's crossover with brand and marketing and things like that. In my, in my own words, and I just add a little layer to that is, um, my definition of PR personally is, uh, PR is brand continuity. It's one thing to have a logo. It's one thing to have a website, but how are you staying relevant? And there's actual real time things associated with PR. So it's, it's, it's a constant activity Um, it never ends. It's so much fun. It's my favorite thing to talk about. And I think for me, at least it puts a lot of other things into place in business. And so my approach is PR and communications, uh, infrastructure, but PR is, is just, it's your story. And like, like it's so fun in the beginning when we first engage with new clients or even prospective clients is like, what's your story? I just love hearing people's stories and how they want to tell them. And that's our job to help bring that to new audiences. Yeah, absolutely. When you say, what's your story? I think of like, bye-bye birdie. What's your story, morning glory? Um, (laughs) 
callback to old movies. Um, but I think that's so important because that's something that we hear all of the time is the importance of telling a story. We, we know that that's important in selling, in marketing, in presenting our brand. PR, of course, makes sense for that. And I think that's something that as owners, it's embarrassing to admit this, but I think we're pretty bad at doing that ourselves. Like, we can do that better for our clients if you are working in like that type of field, but I think we do a bad job of doing it for ourselves. So if you're, well, and now that I'm a client of yours and we just started doing this process, um, what would be pieces of advice you would give to a small business owner who's trying to do a better job at like DIYing their own storytelling? What are maybe a couple nuggets you could kind of give them to chew on? Couple yeah. bones. <laughs> yeah. I, I always say that I'm a very tactical person, um, but I'll give sort of the, the, the strategy overview to help inspire, but I'll actually offer some tactics to like get started with this. And this will actually, yeah, awesome. I think, help change your business. But um, to me, PR is, especially in 2022, is not just send a press release get in the news and then that's it, right? You need to amplify this story and this message and that earned media. One thing we focus on is also owned media, not necessarily trying to build your website, but making sure that all of the buttons work and that the messaging is very consistent with what we're saying. So when we're building a PR kit, so to speak, right? I need things like a boilerplate, right? Rain 9 is a great example where you as a, as a brand strategist, as a writer, as a visionary, you had these things already in place. Sometimes with our clients, we need to start there. But PR is really, is really about just building out your infrastructure of what needs to be, how, the, how these things are going to flow. And we ask our clients, um, you know, if you're not sure where to start, if you want to DIY, we say to our clients, what are five things, six, four that you really want people to know about your brand, mm. culture, growth, hiring, your mission, your vision, where you want to be in five years. And how are we going to tell that story in real life? So that's sort of how PR is made, so to speak. But in another way of thinking about it, that's a little bit more, like you said, DIY, is PR can also be a company newsletter, right? I always say, yeah. sure. if you're going to be in front of one select audience, what would you say to that group, right? If it's your clients, if it's your team, if it's your colleagues, if it's your industry, what do they need to know? If we're talking industry, it's going to be something around differentiation, right? It's going to be something around being cutting edge or how you're participating or adding value to that conversation. If we're talking community, what are you doing from a corporate social responsibility standpoint? If we're talking about companies, say you need to recruit, what are you doing from a culture standpoint or benefits that are is going to attract people? Now, let's put this into maybe an easier headspace is if you were to give a speech or lead a workshop or put everyone in the same room and you had one minute to speak, maybe 30 seconds, if I really want to challenge you, what would you say to that audience? And that can be distilled into a, a newsletter. Um, and that's truly what PR is all about. It's just, a, you know, and I don't say this often, but it really is just a newsletter. Now, from a PR standpoint, we, of course, have tactics and, you know, nice softwares and contacts and relationships and enough experience to really get it into the news and 
to find the right reporters and build media relations, but you want to be, have that done. You know, you can DIY that, especially in a local um, media environment, but you can, um, you can do that yourself if, if, you, if you have the right training and tools and YouTube's a great place. There's plenty of smart PR people um, out there, but really it's, it's what is the story you want to tell and how are you going to tell it? If you're going to disseminate that information, again, newsletter could be great. Social, let it flow into social media from a PR standpoint, that can be a great starting point as well. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, you, you touch on earlier how there's some overlap between marketing and PR and all these things, right? So I think it's kind of, I love that you you cast it in the lens of storytelling because at the end of the day, that's what we're all trying to do, right? Is tell our story in a meaningful and impactful way. So it's like, okay, guys, if you're going to DIY this, get really clear on your story and why anybody should care about it, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so if if somebody gets into the DIY, I'm going to DIY my PR. Have fun with that. Now, say you get into it and you're semi-successful and then you're like, yeah, this shit's really hard. I should hire someone. Yeah. What are some things that they should be looking for? Because I will say this as, you know, I experienced this personally. It's like, I felt so silly. I, I've spent my career in marketing and, and branding. And I'm like, I know how to hire a PR agency. And I made a lot of huge, very expensive mistakes because yeah. I didn't know what I didn't know. So whatever you're about to say, I wish that I had heard that first. <laughs> so if you were to say to a small business owner, okay, they're looking to hire a PR agency. These are some things you should look for. What would they be? Yeah. And that's a great question because I'm very close with, I would say five or six different PR firms all around the country. And they, we sort of, I call on them for help. They call on me for help. We know each other's strengths and, um, and like, for example, a friend of mine who has a PR firm out in San Diego, queen of pitching, she could pitch a story like no other. And she just has taught me so much. Right. So, but to really answer your question is every PR firm when I found is so different in their approach. My approach to PR is, is dedicated to PR and communications. We will get the PR function actually going for you. I'm also want to be conscientious, conscientious and participate and participate in your actual business activities. What is happening? How are we aligning the story? What is the most important thing? So these two things go hand in hand. And then again, when we earn the media, it, it's not the first time that your audience is hearing about this story we've been trying to tell. So we actually use the press release as an asset, right? But when you're shopping for a PR firm, they're, they can be very expensive. A lot of them have you know, high retainers, you know, what is the ROI? And there's no guarantee with PR. There's no guarantee that we're going to get our clients into press. But, you know, I say we have a very high batting average. We will be successful. We will find ways to be successful and be agile. But make sure you're clear on tactics and ROI and ask a lot of questions on the front end because it really goes back to the personalities. Um, in my view, great PR is both of us, Kylie and I, doing the work. I work very closely with CEOs, executives of many different companies, some with 5,000 employees, some with five. And it's important to me to be um, indirect, uh, you know, directly talking to the leader of that organization or the visionary of that organization who has, has a vision and can ebb and flow and, 
you know, so it goes back to personalities and then really what is the, how, how does your PR firm measure success and how do you measure success? And those are some of the first conversations we have with our clients. Like what is your dream scenario look like? And then we will, we will help apply what we know to help you get there. Not every PR firm is going to be that way. We've seen P PR agencies, especially operate in a very like cookie cutter, this step, this step way. Yeah. And they're still very successful for their clients. Um, you know, also ask about industry, ask about region, ask about, um, you know, what their relationship with the media is like and what they view as the pulse of, of their specific market. I do, I do, um, different markets and different industries, but I approach PR specifically. We create the stories around our clients and the media follows, even though I might have relationships in similar industries and in different spaces, I, media relations actually for me is the easy part because my clients are the best story. So we make them cutting edge. We position them quite a bit on the front end. A lot of PR firms, and this isn't a bad thing, maybe we're producers or you know come from networks and they have very specific relationships. A friend and mentor of mine uh, has complained to me about his PR firm uh, because he is featured on national news, national networks as a commentator in, in finance and really doesn't really talk end up talking about the things that he wants to be talking about. Whereas mm. my clients, we actually craft the, the narrative and the story. So we only really, not only we do quite a bit of passive PR and, and, and proactive PR, but we really craft the story around, around them. So the coverage we get is in alignment with what we're promoting, which makes marketing people, I'm told, very happy. <laughs> yes, that's always a great one-to-one-to-one uh, -to -one -to -one when it comes from like, get get really, and you know, I want to go back though to your, your push on storytelling. And I, just a note to all, anybody listening, get really, really clear on the story that you're telling. And I say this as somebody who has gone through this process so many times myself, and I'm still tweaking it, but get really clear on the story you're telling and why anyone should care because you're going to make that path so much easier for your PR, for your marketing, for all the things, right? So it's, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, you know, you had said, you had said a couple of things that I wanted to touch on. Um, you had mentioned defining success. So get really clear on defining success. And I think it's really important to call that out because, well, one, I'm obsessed with this concept of defining success, but two, I think it's also easy to forget that sometimes how we define success, like is not like the default. I know I fall victim to that oftentimes where I'm like, well, of course this is what success is. Why would you even need to ask? Because people aren't mind readers, like because everyone defines it differently. So I, I love that that's such a, a top goal. Um, and the second one that you had called out, I lost, I should have taken notes. I was trying, I was like, oh, that's a good one. I have to come back to it, but I can't remember what it was. So it was so good. You just covered the whole thing. In and of Let me buy you some time actually, because I want to speak to that, right? A lot of clients come to us. So we, we work with um, private equity firms, venture capital firms, Court, you know, medium-sized corporate companies, small businesses, and personal brands. Like that is so not niche in this 2020 era of being niche. What I'm niche on is my approach to PR and strategic communications. That said, a lot every client wants to be in Forbes and Fast Company and be 
they have their name in lights, right? The fun part is, is if you really want that overnight, you can pay $25,000 and get that. And I totally encourage that. You're not going to work with us. I don't do paid media. The reason I bring this up is to say, and almost over answering your first question, your initial question, which is, you know, what is, how do we define success? I think about things in gamification mode, right? Like that's level 100. Forbes is level 100. Now, what does your business need to be saying and doing? Forbes, they want to sell mag, they want to sell copies of their magazine and they want clicks, right? So you, we need to be the best story that's going to get people really excited. So how do we position your brand for that? How do we position your personal brand or your business for that? What needs to be done on the front end? And it's not complicated or, or me saying, hey, good luck, Chuck. It's just saying, let's go from, let's start from the goal and work backwards. But that's, that's where that, the tactics come in. And that's something that for me, I've been, I've been, you know, it's pretty intuitive for me. And we'll talk about my, my professional background. I, I think, you know, eventually in the interview, but at the same time, the, the very simple way of explaining this is I was working with a, a woman in Chicago who is passionate about news of the day. Um, and she goes, you, you've been on MSNBC, Tamara. I know you have the contacts at MSNBC, put me on MSNBC. And that's where as a publicist, I had to make a call and say, okay, my client wants me to put her on national news. I do have contacts there. I've, I've been in every newsroom in, in Chicago and DC and, and some in New York and, you know, many others around the country, but the major news, news markets. Um, and I just knew that she needed more media training. I mean, really, that's what it was. Sure. sure. She needed to compose herself because she's very passionate and she's brilliant. She needed more media training. She yeah. needed to get in local markets and be in different environments. So when she is on that MSNBC stage, you know, the world is watching. She's she's running with the Titans. When you watch some of these um, broadcasters or especially a debate stage, these are highly trained professionals who do this and have studied this. You can't just go from passionate, well thought out. I've got my brand deck to the main stage and, and, and a leading thought leader in the industry. You need to work towards those things yes. in many ways. And so what, what I'm really good at is helping people have that conversation and work towards those goals and streamlining. And as my friends would say, or some of my clients, even hacking the system, like how can we get there? If, if that's the goal and the vision and the dream, yeah. right. Whether it's Forbes or entrepreneur or whatever the business um, needs are, we take that obviously into consideration quite a bit, right. You got to sell books. I get it. You got to sell books. This is what I think we need to do, but it's not just overnight. You know, we're on, we're all on Oprah. <laughs> wouldn't that be lovely like tomorrow i'll just you know, chat it up with oprah that would be amazing um no i i love that and that's such a good call because i think a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs tend to be type a and tend to be a little bit impatient uh, guilty myself um and you're absolutely right like that makes so much sense. You want to make sure that by the time you get to main stage or Forbes or whatever that main stage spotlight looks like, you're prepared to really nail it because we get like, you argue, you know, you get one first impression, you get one real big shot. You don't want to blow it. Um, I want to thank you for buying me time because I remembered what my second thing was. My second thing was when you were talking about um, what to look for when hiring a PR agency. Uh, was personality and making sure they that they drive. Um, I will say to all the listeners out there, the first time I met Tamara, um, 
I, she, I, we were like, we were connected by a mutual friend and I was like, this is amazing. She seems awesome and badass. Let's just chat. And then I realized, oh, I think I need PR. And our first conversation was intended to just be like a, hi, nice. We should meet each other. And I made it into a business conversation, but I so appreciated, like you showed up like on natural. There's like no makeup. There's nothing fancy happening. And I was like, this is amazing. I could go get drinks with this lady all day long and we could just hang out. And I'm like, I'll go anywhere and hang out with her in any room, in any city, whatever. And that, and then I saw our mutual friend that weekend and I was like, yeah, I'm going to hire her because we're just, I just want to hang out with her. Like, this will be so fun. So anyway, I absolutely agree with what you were saying. Um, and then also a nod to, you were talking about your professional history. Let's touch on that for a hot second. One of the things that drew me to you was your background working in DC. I know I'm probably like most of the country that watches like House of Cards and Scandal and all these stupid DC shows that we're all obsessed with. And it's like, oh my gosh, she must be so badass. She was in DC and did this shit. Oh my God. So tell me a little bit about what it was like working in DC and how you've taken some of those skills and transfer them into your business now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So House of Cards. Uh, yes. Veep. <laughs> oh um, yes. Veep. God. I'm, Gary. I'm totally Gary. I'm like there, but as I've, um, as I've matured professionally, I think I'm, I think I'm much more like, I'm a little bit more not, res- not reserved. Cause I still love being in the weeds of like my clients and this, and I'm just so involved. Um, and, but, um, but yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very veep. It's very veep. I should have um, said veep. Veep is like, I'm obsessed. I mean, as a comedy with a comedy background, Julia Louis Dreyfus, amazing. Brilliant. Um, yeah. but yeah, the whole show is so freaking funny. Yeah. Yeah. My first job, my first job was, I think I'm really, I'm so grateful for that first opportunity. They, um, it was, I was fresh out of college. I got a job at a top lobbying firm called Polaris and they, um, we did fundraisers for Republicans and Democrats on the house and the Senate side, our office, our offices was actually a row home. And we did, um, we hosted events, um, you know, four days a week, five days a week. We, you know, we were lob. It was a lobbying organization. Um, and I just got so much experience in 18 months and I met most of the decision makers in the house and the Senate leadership and, and committee, uh, and committees. And it was such a great, almost like boot camp. I always had this joke that I had, was going to make this t-shirt that says I survived because it was such a difficult job. It was oh, I so can't even imagine. That shit <laughs> seems ruthless. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was quite a bit, but that set the tone for where I, I'd like to think my career really, really took off. And, um, and I got a job as a scheduler is what it called is what it's called for, um, a U.S. Congressman from my home state from Illinois and was, you know, wore tights and heels every day and was just so dedicated to 24 seven, where the Congressman was, what he was doing from a logistic standpoint and wanted to just make his day great and make his life easier and processing quite a bit of information. So I think that really helped set the tone for my ability to just handle a very high volume of things and do so quite easily. I'm very, I'd like to think I'm very organized. Um, but I said to my chief of staff who I'm still very close with, with. And I said, 
I want to do PR and communications. And he said, great. And the good news is I worked on the house side and it's, um, there's a limited number of staff that you can have at, in any office, whereas the Senate side, it's based on population, which gives obviously a much bigger budget. So mm. places like California have like 80 staff and they have, you have folks in DC and in the, and in the districts themselves. And, you know, if you're in a, a rural district, you have several satellite offices so the constituents, you know, they try to be at least an hour away from uh, minimum from their constituents. So all of that to say is I had this, you know, very, very um, incredible experience working for the congressman on campaigns for five years, writing speeches, crisis communication, social media, proactive, but we were strategic from the, from the get-go. And that was because of the, the, the congressman's communications director, her name's Maura Gillespie. She's actually like photographs right there, right there. Um, huge in influence um, over me. And the, the congressman I work for is very, very high profile to this day. He's in the news quite regularly. Um, if you send me a message, I'll be happy to share who that was. But all of that to say is I was really, really built as a publicist by these incredible visionary thinkers. And, and what really made me leave was nothing other than I was living in DC. I'd like to think I was thriving in DC, but I'm from Chicago and my, my family's from here. I have six nieces and nephews and I just adore them. And the Congressman's office is near Chicago. And so I thought, you know, and I hadn't had private sector experience. So very quickly, I got a job, you know, the privilege of working at a, um, a personal branding agency for six months and decided to take a break from that. And I just kind of regrouped and said, okay, what am I doing with my career? And I, my first client is um, a private equity um, individual and he is a career CEO. And what he does is he makes businesses more profitable. And I am right there alongside him in all of his ventures, making them more visible. So we oh, worked cool. on um, satellites. We worked on um, huge names in venture capital. We've done uh, crisis communications and his philanthropy and all kinds of amazing things. So to, to, to sort of bottle this up, it was you know, within the first seven years of my career, I got agency, business, government, and startup in that first job, a very small office, um, very, very quickly, which really set the tone for my business is going to be turning five years old in April of 2023. I've been able to apply. Congratulations. Things. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. And been able to apply all of those things very quickly. So I feel very lucky. Um, but I do know that it, a lot of uh, sweat and tears have gone into, um, the becoming of, I guess, where I'm at now, but yeah, I've got, I've got, um, I can navigate bureaucracy. I can, um, understand agency and understand processes and, and scalability, but I've also gotten, um, I would say my, my MBA and my PhD in business from my very first client who's still my client to this day in business. And it's been, it's been incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, at one point in time in my past life, I, uh, not to make a, this into a long story, but at one point in time I got into acting because I wanted to book a commercial, uh, to pay for the MBA program <laughs> that I wanted to go to. The, anyone listening can ask me more about that. It was a whole long thing, but long story short is during that time where I took acting classes to book a commercial to pay for my MBA, I had an acting instructor say to me uh, in a one-on-one, -on -one, he was like, 
you will find that you are uniquely positioned to do a certain thing at a certain point in time that like nobody else will be able to do. I was like, that's so encouraging. Thank you for that. Don't know what that means, but okay, (laughs) thanks. And I have gone back to this conversation so many times over my life um, because he was right. And I think I bring that up now because everything that you just said, like you have such an interesting background that's not like the quote unquote stereotypical PR agency owner background, right? But I think that's so cool because it gives you this, all these like unique ingredients to uniquely do something that nobody else is well positioned to do. And I say that for anybody listening as well. Like I've talked to so many people who are like, ugh, but I don't have a traditional background and so-and-so is not going to take me seriously. Blah, blah. No, bro, that's your secret sauce, man. You got to lean into that and figure out why is this so unique for you and how are you going to leverage it and make it into whatever comes next? So just to tie all that back up, I, I love, I love all of your, all of your pieces. Um, Thank you. So all that said, lots of, lots of things being shared here. If uh, for any listener right now, who's like, wow, that was a whole lot of word vomit, Kylie and Tamara. <laughs> what is like the one, there. <laughs> there's a lot going on. Um, what is the one thing that you want owners to take away from this episode? Yeah, I think having a roadmap is the most important thing. I find that people really get lost, especially as as fast as a life is moving. We're all very busy these days, but there's so many trends. There's so many things that are tempting, right? We, I have a client that asked me if they should be on TikTok and they're a three person startup. And I just don't, you know, <laughs> it's probably not the best use of your time, right? Yeah. So having a roadmap is, is, is great. And the thing that we spend the most amount of our time on the front end is saying, what is, what is PR, what does success look like from a PR standpoint? What does it look like from a brand standpoint? What do you want your, your audience to, 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 to do with your information and, and having those questions in front of you actually unveils very classic brand strategy type, uh, formulas of, um, the roadmap that, that can help get you there. What we do for our clients is we, we work on schedules. What is the schedule of activity? So it doesn't all have to be done Mm. right now. It doesn't all have to be done tomorrow. You don't have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to help get you to where you want to go. Start with clean up your website, right? Clean up your messaging. Start with, um, you know, very simple once a week, social media, post. You don't necessarily have to be a social media influencer to be a successful marketer, to get yourself out there. So we really want to take away that, that stress and that, that nervousness. And we want our clients, most of our clients are, um, you know, they're, they're not social media influencers. They're not selling a consumer product. We do have consumer product companies that we do PR for. They manage their own social I have no questions for them and they have no questions for me, but for <laughs> small business owners, um, you know, people or people just starting out or want to go out on their own. Um, that's the biggest thing is just start with a roadmap, start with a plan. And that plan is really a series of answers to the questions of what do you want? What does it look like? And what do you think needs to happen for you to get there? And we find that that's the most helpful. So most of our clients, we know where we're going to be, you know, 
six months, eight months, four months from now with their brand. And of course, things are going to come up, things are going to change, but at least we took that time to set out a strategy that we think is going to work. Yeah. And I'll add just one layer to that. Cause I just had a conversation last night as you were talking about what does success look like in PR? Um, I was talking about this with sales and it was like, okay, sure. We talk about revenue all the time, but what are like the key metrics that if you land these things, everything else will fall into place. So I think I'll just toss that out for listeners. Like as you think about what P- success looks like in PR, I would also ask the question, what does success look like? What are the main KPIs you need to hit as a business? Like, is it revenue? Is it followers? Is it like discovery calls or whatever it is, but it should be like three main numbers and then everything else falls into place. So Yeah. Because I think it can get overwhelming. Well, and I'll add a layer to that and just say, what we're offering our clients is really a business plan as if we're the the vice president or chief communications of your business. Just like sales has its own sort of chart. Now, a small business isn't going to go hire a C-suite of professionals. Otherwise, they wouldn't be a small business. So you can at least spend time and, and find smart people to help at least guide you or have conversations plenty of great resources online, but, but, you know, going back to at least one of my core beliefs is like, it really starts with you and you're going to, no one's going to do it the way you're going to do it. So ask yourself, what am I from a sales uh, perspective, from a process perspective, but for us where we participate mostly is from a a comms and PR perspective. For sure. Um, Okay. So I have a question I'm excited to ask you because I asked this one other time and like the answer was magical. Um, what is one thing people probably don't know about you that is essential to who you are? Oh, I like this. Um, I have been told that I make people very comfortable and in, in the professional setting and then personal too, you know, personal, okay. Accepting, loving, giving, I, I care so much about my community and my friends, but professionally, you know, PR is actually very vulnerable. You are raising your profile. You are taking a picture of you or of your company, of your team or something you've created mm-hmm. and putting it out there for other people to consume, learn about, read about, maybe judge too. And people feel very judged in that process, whether they say yeah. that out loud So it's a very vulnerable state. Another thing we do, you know, is going back to that gamification is we really prepare our clients for raising their profile. I always say in a way that makes sense for their business goals. And that might be camera work or media training and getting really clear. And me, I'm a, I'm a consultant, not a coach. So I'm going to push you and I'm going to hold space for you. And so I think I think, I think that's the thing is it's not like I set out, like I'm going to make Kylie feel comfortable today. And that's my job. It's, I think that's inherent because I've been in very fast paced environments. I don't have time to judge. I'm here to get the work mm-hmm. done and, and try to, you know, learn about you and make sure you feel comfortable. But I also want to deliver you something that you're really going to love. And that's going to make a difference. So how do those two things play together? And I think that's just an interpersonal thing. And I think I got it from my mom mostly, but, um, from your mom. Totally. She, my mom makes you feel good. She's like a, she's like a, <laughs> she's a hippie. You said totally. She's totally oh, a I hippie. Love, I love it. Um, let me just put it this way. She was blowing up a beach ball at the Def Leppard concert. 
when it was getting dark because she forgot it was in her bag, but it did make its way to the stage and we were in the nosebleeds in Milwaukee. <laughs> so like, she's just down to have a good time. Well, you were up here for that show. I know a bunch of people that were at that show. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So approachability, absolutely. But is there like, like a, like a, almost like a secret, like a, people wouldn't know that I only wear like fuzzy socks on Saturday nights or something like that. <laughs> uh, Anything fun like that. Okay. The sauna is my favorite place to be. And I mantra like I'm Tamara Edwards bitch when I'm there. <laughs> yes. It's the one place that nobody can bother me and not bother, but I just, my, I'm off my I can't get you. Yeah. I, just me and the earth and like, you know, it's just me and, and it's just, it's such a raw place. And it's my favorite place to be. I was there this morning. I go there to meditate. I go there if I'm stressed out, I'm like, get to the sauna. I <laughs> like love it. I recenter there. <laughs> I love it. And you know, what's funny is mine is the steam room. <laughs> I like, like right next to the sauna, like the sauna is like too hot for me, but water is my happy place. And I like, I find the steam room and I'm like, Oh my God, my brilliance. Is you become you. Yeah. I'm like sweating and like my hair is dripping and like the water that's dripping from the ceiling. And I'm like, oh my God, the brilliance ideas that I've been working on. Like, whoop. Yeah. yeah. I kind of think it's like something about simulation where, you know, you're an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur, like I'm creating services and products and I want to have a venture fund one day. And so there's so much stimulation in my day and my husband, we're going to be married for our anniversary is coming up and we're very happy, you know, we're in a very happy stage. Family's okay. So it's like, there's so many great things happening and of course challenges, but it's like, there's so many, there's so much stimulation in the physical environment, especially yes. this room that you're like, I can't even think I'm just me right now. Yes. I'm just a being. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. All right. So you're the sauna. I'm the steam room. We'll come out and high five and like go on and continue being badass bitches. Um, okay. Awesome. Uh, Tamara, what is the legacy you want to leave or the impact you want to make? Hmm. Yeah. Legacy. Legacy is interesting. It's not for sale. Um, I, I see people selling legacy and I'm like, okay, that's an interesting take. Um, the, the thing that I want people to know is not just me, but, um, business, like I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be running, you know, we're, we're going to hit seven figures, right? That is crazy to think about. I remember my first check from a client was like a thousand dollars. And I was like, Oh my goodness, someone is going to pay me to do something yep. more than my rent. This is insanity, right? So it is really just about life entrepreneurship, just working hard. There's sacrifice. There's good days. There's bad days, but it's just about choosing you. I'm in two wonderful coaching programs. One is Anna Kusala. One is Neha uh, O'Rourke of somewhere in between coaching. I'm mentored by great people, but I'm heavily coached. And because I chose me and we, and I've invested mm -hmm. in myself and these two women are just so powerful, but coaching aside is I just choose me. And it really comes back to me and you know, I want to have a good day. I want to move with ease. I want happy clients. I want a successful business and I'll do anything it takes to get there. Right. Within reason, 
<laughs> with, with grace and keeping healthy relationships and my values, they don't, they're unwavering. Right. But I, ch I choose me first and everything else really comes into place. And that's coming from a person who just a few short years ago was a congressional staffer. Yes. Who, you know, worked for a Lieutenant Colonel in the air force, worked for a Lieutenant Colonel in the army, the, you know, later, right. Yes, sir. No, sir. Mission critical. We all do this teamwork, but you can still set time aside for yourself and, and get clear on what you want. And you don't have to burn bridges or just quit your job, you know, whatever it is, but I've chosen myself. Tamara Edwards is on my business card because that's, that's who I am. No one's going to determine my income or my future or the direction of my business. And I've hired the wrong people and I've made a lot of mistakes. And I think what Ray nine is doing and what welcome to Aloma doing, which is why I was so excited to work with you is we're, we're creating you're creating environments where people can have those conversations because business is very difficult. So the more that we teach each other and share, you know, share information um, and just tell the truth of what's really going on here. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's what I want to participate in. And so it's not just my legacy, so to speak. It's, it's really, it's, it's a, it's a need and a requirement because this has been the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I want more people to experience it. And I will say later this year, that later this year, I'll actually be drop, um, releasing a documentary that, that it's archiving and chronicling me freaking out, dropping my magazine, um, with no makeup on so nervous about hitting send and, and just showing what really goes into it. Cause we all in the Instagram era, we can all tell a really great story online, but I think too, as a publicist, it's also what's happening behind the scenes and oh, yeah. the of what your experience is, which is, um, important to share that and important to tell and important to be, be mindful of that. So you can share the good news, share the news that, um, having your books in order is the best thing for me that's ever happened to my business. I have an amazing CFO, Pablo is his name. And Oh my goodness, what a difference it makes when your book, when your books are in order. Yeah. Who knew? Nobody Wait. told me that maybe they didn't, but you we just have to keep saying it to each other. Cause you never know when they're going to be able to receive the information how they're going to be able to receive it. And, um, things will fall into place if you just keep at it. So that's what I want people to do and think about, because I have a drive in me and I think we all do here and it's easy to start a business in 2022 and it's easy to sell things online and get clear about who you are, but you have to choose you first. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay. My last question for you, which might be the same answer or not, we'll see. Um, but what is your greatest insight or discovery about life and entrepreneurship? Yeah, I think that um, my greatest insight is that I, I really view my time here, my soul, my soul's existence and what my friend and I call our meat suits, um, my physical <laughs> body. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that you heard it, you're not going to be able to unhear it. I'm, and it's I'm done. I can't pop out. Yeah. It's I'm writing this down. Out at some point. <laughs> Meat suits. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm writing this down. A friend of mine Amazing. said it to me and I just thought it was like, I, now I see it. And so, um, but it, it's my, my objective is to do as much as I possibly can and just explore and push myself 
and see what can happen and see what I can create. And, and entrepreneurship has given me that tool. Now, corporate jobs, don't quit your job. Um, you can, you can, you can invest in yourself in, in, in many ways, but entrepreneurship particularly has given me the ability to, to not only envision, but create and bring to life and, and get better. Right. Um, and, and my business, I, I feel very much that we're on the ground floor, even though we're five years in and we have, I think a very good brand, we've got great media, we've got amazing clients, but we're, we're on the ground floor. It's, it's always, you know, it's a long game. So yeah, those are the main two game. things. Okay. It's a long game. (laughs) It's a long game. I love it. Um, All right, lady. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time today. Um, For everybody listening who is now obsessed with you in the same way I am and wants to reach out, what's the best way to contact you? Sure. Um, My email, very accessible. I love having conversations. I always say I'm not a salesperson. I just want to add value. So my email is uh, Tamara at TamaraEdwards.co. That's T-A-M-A-R-A-E-D-W-A-R-D-S. Email me. I'd love to have a conversation around what your goals are for PR, communications, personal branding. And then my website is TamaraEdwards.co. Awesome. Um, All right. We'll make sure that that's in the show notes as well. Um, Thank you so much for everybody listening. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please go ahead and leave a review. Uh, Tamara, you're the best. Thank you so much. You're the best. Thank you for this platform. Thank you for Welcome to Aloma and Rain 9. I, I cannot wait for everyone to read and see and consume what you're building is, is truly incredible. And I was nervous coming onto this show because I know that you have great guests, great listeners, and you yourself are, are just, you're amazing. So thank you. Thank you. said, thank me. Thank you. Let's just, oh my gosh. That really what you're doing is incredible. You're too sweet. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll gush offline. All okay. right. You're the best. Thank you. <laughs> okay. You are. Bye. <laughs> To continue learning how to better build your business and make your vision a reality, subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcometoeloma.com.